Welcome to another edition of An Artifactual Journey. I'm your host, Philip J. Merrill, and today, January the 4th, 2020, we're talking to Dr. Deborah Johnson-Simon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Before we really get started, can you tell me your official title and Okay, I am the founder and CEO of what is now the African Diaspora Museology Institute, and we're in Savannah, Georgia. We were formerly the Center for the Study of African and African Diaspora Museums and Communities. Okay, and right now, we are talking about one of your favorite topics? Yes. What would that be, by any chance? <laughs> okay, that would be Virginia West Jackson Kaya, K-I-A-H, a portrait artist. And on, on a grand scale of uh, one to ten, uh, what number would you put with regard to the nation's understanding of who she was and her significance? I think in, in terms of the nation's understanding, we're minus one, probably. Minus one. Okay. How about Baltimore's uh, understanding as well as uh, Savannah, Georgia's understanding? Okay. Baltimore's understanding, we probably can move it up to one or two, only if we put her mother ahead of her and her sister after the mother. Then we get to Virginia. Okay, and what about in Savannah, Georgia? In Savannah, Georgia, because of the work of Friends of the Kaya Museum started back in 2014 when I moved to Savannah, it's becoming a more recognizable name. But prior to that, I think she had sort of drifted into obscurity. So uh, today we're probably six, seven, eight in that area of the scale and moving up. Okay, so all, all of that is fascinating. And today we are actually one day past her original birthday of June the 3rd, 1911. Can you just tell me some of the important, exciting projects and activities that you have been involved in with the Friends of as well as with your own work? Okay, if, if I may, I'd like to just sort of give you some background. Please do, by um, all means, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> My formal training is as a museum anthropologist. That's a mouthful. Now, <laughs> that in itself is kind of a, you know, who does that? Exactly, exactly. When you, add, when you add to it that I study Black museums, and throughout the diaspora, then it's like, oh, is that for real? Is that a, a real thing? And it's just, I am a handful of people who actually have a graduate degree in museum anthropology. My so, goodness, my goodness. And of that small handful of people, I am probably singularly the one that studies our Black Museum. So in other words, so, you're as much of a pioneer as Virginia was. Well, I don't like to think of myself that way. I think of myself that I am pioneering this because of people like, like Virginia. Virginia. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. So what's the 
foremost activity going on right now that we would like for our listening audience to be aware of? I would like for uh, people to know that even though we're a research institute, we started studying the African-American Museum Association, which is a professional black museums professional organization. And this organization started back in like 1978 and produced its first professional directory in 1983. When we get these directories, that gives us insight to who is involved with these uh, different organizations that, you know, probably are a lot of times off the radar, but they start with names and addresses until you start to peel those layers away. It's like, well, so what? So this organization is very important and became the groundwork for ADME, and ADME sees it that way because museums are more than the buildings. They are the people who are the keepers of the culture. Would you repeat that, please? I love that. Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) One more time. And spoken as a a museum anthropologist, (laughs) museums are not those buildings that are there. It is actually a museum are the people in some yes. cases the museum building can become identified as an artifact absolutely and i'm segueing to 505 west 36th street in historic kyla brownsville in savannah georgia yes. because mm-hmm. it is indeed an artifact a museum and a, yes. and a direct connection to the founding person that we're trying to lift up and illustrate and uh, and illuminate her journey her story Absolutely. Absolutely. See, museums are known by the collections that they house, right? Correct. Those things that people collect. Correct. Then become the typology, the, the type of site that we call it. 505 West 36th Street embodies just about all of it in terms of natural history, looking at art, looking at history, looking at communities, it became a part of the community that it was serving, you know, so much so that from that museum, the new thing for that Kyla Brownville uh, historic neighborhood was these two individuals who started this museum, uh, Virginia and her husband, Dr. Calvin Kaya, they formed the first Neighborhood Improvement Association and was helped with beautifying and, and helping people in that neighborhood. All across America, there are lack of awareness, lack of interest, lack of concentrated funding that is accessible for the type of work that is needed to preserve and then promote and then sustain a structure like 505 West 36th Street. Absolutely. (laughs) Trying to get the larger public, uh, especially African-Americans or black or whatever you choose to be called, interested in our own heritage and history is a never ending draining situation. Yes. And with that said, I'm a little bit at a loss because I think it's so unfortunate that we know of other important portraiture artists, but we don't know Virginia's name nor her work. 
Well, because, you know, in many ways she was selfless. Let me give you one of the first pictures that I got into, you know, understanding the, the personage of Virginia Kaya. My students and I had started to do a, a series of folk seminars, ethnographic kind of work where my students get to know the, the communities and, and what people are doing. Could you identify where these students were from or are from? Savannah State University. Okay, all right, thank you. And uh, let me just backtrack just a bit. The first folk seminars that my students wanted to do, being from Savannah State, was not about Virginia Kaya, but it was about Dr. Calvin Kaya. Uh -huh. Because the, the two of them came to Savannah in the early 50s. But by 1952, he had set up the education division at Savannah State University. So like Virginia, he was in obscurity as well. And also coming from a very important Maryland family. Their surname is very, very important in the Maryland region. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even the religious communities, the education communities, both of these young people were just grounded in civic, yes. art, yes. education. Yes. They were just phenomenal, each of them. That's right. That's and the beauty of that, too, was that they were a model for so many things because they loved and supported each other. There were many stories. There are the civic activities, the religious activities. Virginia's mother was one of the first trustees, female trustees at Sharp Street in Baltimore. Old West Baltimore in the largest historic district in the country. Get it right. <laughs> okay. Okay, get it right. <laughs> so he served on a trustee board at the Asbury United Methodist Church here in Savannah. Mm -hmm. So they, they continued their uh, religious activities. Yes. Many of the young people that attended that church became youth members of the National Conference of, of Black Artists and helped her with traveling shows. She had exhibitions at the church. Some of these students were Dr. Kaya's students at Savannah State who were learning to be teachers. So they had these wonderful memories of them. What many people didn't know about her, in addition to the portraiture, was that she had, like her younger sister, Marion, Virginia also had a beautiful voice, and she, she wrote music. In the social media post that we put up on June the 3rd, 2020, which was yesterday, there is a photograph in the Baltimore Afro-American newspaper. It says, Budding Dramatics. Virginia and Juanita Jackson, charming sisters who are proficient elocutionists. Oh, my goodness, how, yes. <laughs> how fitting is that? See, so, so we go again with awareness. Some folks are aware that, yes. that Marion goes on to be quite a singer, a Fulbright scholar that goes on to Milan, Italy, mm -hmm. and is noted as a musician and has numerous albums out. But we lose sight of, in the early days of her career, that Virginia had a, quite a nice voice as well. And as well as, as Juanita. You think of Juanita as the, as the lawyer, as the mother. The and, and the mother. Right. That's yeah. how the parents met. Right, right, right. And, and That's how Kinsa and Lillian met. Right. And, and, because her mother was a singer. Right. Exactly. So exactly. very important. All of them had... Gifts. They were gifted. <laughs> kind of theatrical abilities. Yes, yes. As, as well. 
yes, very. Dr. Calvin Lucurgis Kaya was not a, a slacker either. And sometimes we forget when we talk about the Kaya Museum, they were a couple. They were joined together to make sure that they supported one another. And I think that's in, a powerful, that's a powerful narrative that, that needs to be front and center when this larger story is being shared. I want to share something. Yeah. I got a surprise for you, okay? <laughs> On Savannah State College letterhead from August the 13th, 1964, I'm going to read you a small excerpt from a letter in our archives. It's okay. coming from Papa, this would be Kiefer Jackson, to daughter Juanita. Virginia and Kirk took us out to dinner. We ate in cafeteria where once they didn't allow color. So now Kirk tells us you can eat in any place, stay in any hotel or motel. All you need is the money. That's a wonderful <laughs> that <is> awesome. <laughs> interpretation from person that grew up in Mississippi, was born in Mississippi, where Kiefer Jackson was and what he had witnessed and experienced and what, oh, was, yes. what was going on in America in 1964 when they are visiting Kirk and Virginia. Now, Mama Lily is writing also in the same letter, which I think is neat, where they both are sharing the paper, they, mm -hmm. which is just phenomenal to me. Mm -hmm. She says, Virginia's home is beautiful, just different. And it's, and, <laughs> and, yeah. and it's she, S-H-E underlined, with her artistic mind and 10 birds. She yes. has a three-month parrot, and he is beautiful, being five different colors. She hopes to train him. So look at the creative genius that flows and is bodied throughout that house. Well, when the nephew came down to visit to see what we were doing with the friends of the Kaya, that's Kiefer, who's in Maryland, in Annapolis. Yes, Kiefer's a friend of mine. Works at the yes. governor's office. Yes. He came with his family to show his the wife and, and the kids. So when he visited, he also told us, that she taught the bird to speak in Italian. Well, look at what we put out of our archives. And look what you could add. Is that just a wonderful putting the puzzle together with a with a really positive outcome? Mm -hmm. Could you just briefly talk about the rock that, that you posted on social media? Oh, our kindness yes, rock. Please. Could project. you just briefly talk about that? Oh, I'd love to. Considering that things were still in a bit of a stalemate with the house being in, in, in probate, We'd kind of gone to the limits of what we could do with that. So the friends had to sort of decide, you know, how do we keep this ball rolling? What kind of things could we do? And last year, we had a heritage walk. So young people, old people, everybody could come and see what was happening with the building. But we also wanted to do something artistically. And we we stumbled on this new kind of thing that people are doing called a kindness rocks where these loving messages are put on things. And because uh, one of Virginia's just amazing qualities was that she promoted other people's art. Her thing that she told all of her students was there was art in everything. I love that. I love that. That is wonderful. Everything is art. And so nobody can do it wrong. You just have to find where that is and we'll show, we'll share it. We'll find ways to share it. So that museum looked at budding artists that was there. And so 
we decided what's the best way that we could celebrate her. We can artistically design as we go along and care for the grave site. And now at the, the grave site, they decided to be buried here in Savannah. Mm. And I don't, now, I don't think a lot of people them, are aware of that. So that's, so what's the name, no, what's the name of the cemetery or, or park that they are in church? It's, it's Hillcrest Abbey. Hillcrest Abbey. And it's Hillcrest Abbey, and it's on Wheaton, W-H-E-A-T-O-N, Wheaton Street in Savannah. Okay. Has the site been posted on Find a Grave? Do you know? Uh, not yet. Not yet. We're working on it. We want to be. We want it to be beautiful, so it becomes a destination for people. Okay, so I, mean, uh, I know we're not really talking about that site, but uh, I, I'm always mm -hmm. intrigued. Are there formerly enslaved people interred there as well, or USCT, or? Well, it's not a black cemetery. Okay, it's, it's another <laughs> one of Virginia's things that she was so popular for. Virginia was like, if we make this about a black thing, it's going to limit us. No. She said, I want it to be a museum for the masses. It's the people who will never get an opportunity to see that. So black people are, are absolutely included. But she said, no, it's all people to learn about black people and how we do things. And so the, where they decided to be for their final resting place was this, this place that you right, right next door. There's like a Catholic cemetery. There's, but it's not even segregated into. This is where the black people are, and they're no, they, they're just in a, in a beautiful spot near a magnolia tree with these beautiful magnolia blossoms that's so representative of the South, and they're tucked away there. But now we've almost covered the headstones with kindness rocks, messages from young. And oh, and this year, because we're celebrating her body of work, we're trying to find where her art has ended up and put together a, a nice catalog of her body of work. We've asked artists, self-taught and young budding artists and everybody who knows that art is in everything to contribute rocks to this. So Yesterday, a student from Savannah State, who, by the way, never took one of my classes, but learned about what we were doing and came out and asked if he could do some community I, service. We, we need, with we, amen. Amen. Yes. A, a young African-American. And he said, uh, Dr. D, I'll come out and, and help you with that because he said, I, I want to contribute. And uh, this young man, he thanked them for what they had done and that now he's learning about them and he would be back. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I, hope <laughs> so, you, I hope you're going to be sharing some yes. of that on social media. So people that are yes. not in Savannah, mm -hmm. that are not aware, can now have some of their, their interest peaked with this wonderful effort. With regard to okay. finding her artwork, I see that the list is up to 100 pieces at the moment. It lets you know that the notables, you know, the kind of work she was doing. Now, I don't know all the people that she was connected with, but I know that she was very entrepreneurial. She learned that from her yes. mother. And so she beat the bushes for this. She told Kirk she enjoyed teaching and she wanted to show young people that you can support yourself doing art. It. So she had to find a way to do that. And she drew on her background, which was the church. That's right. That's right. And you'll notice that you have 
uh, Adam Clayton Powell on that list and Payne, A.J. Payne, Allen in Pennsylvania. You'll see where there was a, a dedication of a portrait that she did of him. Leaders in the community like Mary McLeod Bethune, all were these subjects. So in addition to actually finding the portrait, we at ADME and with the Friends of the Kaya, we're studying the subjects and, and, and of her work. Who were they and what did they contribute and why was it important for her to do their That's their why portraits. this list is so exciting and important to us. And mm -hmm. as I go down the list, I'm looking at Bishop Edgar Love, one of the yes. founding jewels of the Omega fraternity. He's also a World War I mm -hmm. hero. I'm, I'm looking at Ch attorney Charles Hamilton Houston. I'm, I'm looking yes. at Ida Cummings, who was the sister of Harry Cummings, the first black city councilman in Baltimore's history. Okay. The list is just phenomenal. Isn't that it, wonderful? It is. I'm, yes. I've been blessed to have seen some of these in the Mitchell property in historic Old West Baltimore and Lafayette Square. The wow. Frederick Douglass image is outstanding. Okay. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> um, so, you know, Carl Murphy is on here. So many ways. The story of the family is standing on the shoulders of what Lily and and Kiefer started. Mm -hmm. um, and That's we true. could just go That's on true. and on with uh, cross currents and all types of other connections with regard to Old West Baltimore, Sharp Street Church, the NAACP, the, the colored school system. Virginia attended a historic building known as the Henry Holland Garnett School Number 103 that's recently just mm -hmm. gotten a huge chunk of money and it will become a nationally recognized site within historical West Baltimore. See, so her okay. foundation for what she went on to do was clearly developed, nurtured, and really birthed in old West Baltimore. That's true. Let's not end without saying that, that a marker to this place. Yes, a marker is desperately needed. And if someone yes. wanted to contact you with regard to, the, the marker movement or donations for preservation of the building, how could they reach you? That, that GoFundMe is still up. Okay. And you can reach me at uh, my uh, email, djohnsonsimon, no hyphen, at gmail.com. Okay, and how long will the GoFundMe be up and running? It will be up until we raise that $5,000. We're at twenty five now. We're at the halfway point. So we did that in 10 days. So wonderful. Let's, don't make us wait another 10 days. I'd like to have that because the, the next step after that is to try to get on places in peril so that we can start to actually do something to get the building to a place where it's not slated for demolition. And, and so yeah. as we wrap this up, what is really paramount here is that once a building is gone, is raised or demolished, that seems to be when Black folk want to come out of the woodwork to talk about what it should have, could have. Okay, so I'm saying let's not talk about what it should have, could have. Let's be proactive as opposed to being reactive after it's too late. That's right. Totally I agree. Thank you very much <laughs> for a, uh, an exciting conversation. I look forward to being in touch with you on this and other topics in the future. And keep up, keep up okay. the good work in, in Savannah, Georgia. Thank you for Thank having you, my me. Bye-bye.